0: Okay, good morning. Uh, I'd like us to look briefly, You have your Bibles, uh, Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 31 through 35. I doubt I'll, well, I'm going to try, but I'm not sure I'm going to get there today. But uh, I just want you to to uh, get your Bibles and because I, I would like to ask you to help me to read because it's going to be a lot of scriptures. I'm going to try to read a lot, but I, I think we will do better if some of us are, are able to read some of them. It will help us through the process more quickly. Romans chapter 8 beginning at verse 31. And I would read uh, the first two verses. It says, What then shall I say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him, graciously give us all things. I want us to concentrate. You read now? Romans, Romans chapter eight, and I'm I begun to read at verse thirty one. Roman Romans eight, beginning to read at verse thirty one. Okay. I want us to know that in life, all or most of us have gone through situations and we felt downcast or some family members might have gone through some situation and we felt very downcast, we felt uh, uh, as if, you know, nothing was going right for us or that, Even God was not listening to our prayer. But I want to say to us this morning, according to God's word, we are more than conquerors. No matter what the situation is in our lives, if we allow God to be our Lord and our Master, then, and we are obedient to his word, then no matter what comes our way, we are more than conquerors. Let me read uh, a portion of verse 31 again, Romans 8. What then shall we say, in response to these things. Let me stop there for a moment. The question is, what things, what was Paul talking about to bring us to this point where we can say that because of who God is, we are more than conquerors. Well, if you look at Romans chapter 4, verse 1, because all this is leading up to this particular section that we are in today, it says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefathers, according to the flesh, discovered this? matter. Okay, if you look a little closer at this, you will see that it's talking about justification. Let me read some more of that verse. Looking now at at um, at uh, uh, chapter four. Verse 2 says, If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not with God. In other words, all of the works that Abraham could have done and might have done when he stood before God He had nothing to boast about. Verse 3 says, What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. In other words, it, it was not what Abraham did. It was the fact that Abraham believed God. And it was credited to Abraham as righteousness. So we note then that it is not what Abraham did, but what God has done. Let's look at a couple other scriptures. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Again, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. So how can we live in it any longer? (coughs) Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. As I indicated at the beginning, all of these verses is leading up to where we are right now, talking about The fact that we can be more than conquerors. I want to read one more portion here before we move on. And this would be Romans chapter 7, verse 7. Again, it begins the same way the others did. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had, had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was. This is Romans chapter 7. And I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, Romans chapter 7 and I begin to read at verse 7. Okay. For I would not have known, it says, what coveting really was if the law had not said you should not covet. Are you with me? So, in other words, we needed the law in order for us to determine what was right and what was wrong what God expects of us as his children but the law could not save us let us come back to Romans chapter 8 verse 31 Again. So now we, we we set the pace. It says again and I read, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, I indicated this already. We need to be in accordance, live in accordance with his divine will, plan, and purpose. Um, would someone look up uh, Isaiah chapter 41 and, and begin to read at, well, hold up. Let me just find that and let me read uh, Exodus chapter 3 verse 12 oh. the, uh, the one that I wanted someone to read Was Isaiah chapter 41 Beginning at verse 10 But I just hold it and I want to read uh, Exodus chapter 3 verse 12 and God said I will be with you and this will be the sign that you and you, this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you when you would have brought the people out of Egypt and will worship God on this mountain. Again, how many times we read God's word. We know that this is what God is saying to us because he cannot lie. Here it is, we find um another situation only thing Moses wasn't reading the word of God he was in the presence of God's messenger and Moses had some concerns and that's why God said I will be with you and this will be a sign to you. How are you going to know that I am with you? The sign is that you would worship on this same mountain that I'm talking to you from. That's going to be the sign. When you would have brought the people out of Egypt, you will, he says, worship God On this mountain. Moses still wasn't satisfied like some of us when we have problems. He said, "Moses says to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them. The God of your father has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God answered Moses like this. He says, I am who I am. This is what you should say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also went on to say to uh, uh, Moses, say to the Israelites, the God of the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Okay, so we note something else here but le- le- before i i mention that would whoever has that scripture would you read it for me please isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 please <laughs> i'm going to be on the slide for a record the distinctive day i don't know the my when me that amen amen I mean and and here is here is a, a good example okay uh in times of trouble we need to know these scriptures and we need to and believe it or not The Holy Spirit brings it to you when you really need it, if you are really seeking God. But Isaac is saying, so do not fear. Why shouldn't we be afraid? He said, because I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Why? For I am your God. But he didn't didn't stop there. He says, I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my left hand. No, he didn't say that. He says with my righteous right hand. Now, I don't believe that God is left hand or right hand. But he says these things so we can understand. We know that our right hand is normally the strongest one. Right? You don't normally use your left hand to do things that you're really, con- you writing and if you're writing you your right hand, you're not going to try to write with your left hand. Now if you get to a place where you can't write with your right hand, then you will settle for your left hand. But God is saying, I'm going to hold you with my righteous right hand. But he goes on to say something. Read verse 11 and 12. Behold, all they that were in sin against thee shall be shamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt say unto them, Thou shalt seek them, and shalt not find them, even them that contended with, with thee. They were they against thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. Right. Okay, that's good, right there. In other words, he's saying you don't worry about those people out there who are raging and ratting against you. You will be they they will be ashamed and they will be dismayed. But this only happens if you and I are walking in the way of the Lord. You get my you get my picture? Or the picture I'm trying to paint? We've got to walk in the way of the Lord. Then our enemies will be put to confusion. Okay? All their rage. And ratting will come to nothing. Don't pay them out. Like we used to say some time ago, don't mind the noise in the market. And uh, you don't see that anymore now. But in my day, they had a fish market. A market not only for fish, but every all the cattle that came from the family island, they slaughtered them there. And everybody is there talking about what they're trying to get, and you've got to talk over them. So there was... The market was a noisy place. He says, don't mind the noise in the market. Keep your eyes on the price. The price of the fish. We know who our God is. And we need to keep our eyes stayed on him. If we are going to be overcomers, we won't waste time worrying about our enemies. Because that's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to worry about our enemies. The fact that they are going to overtake us. That they are going to be able to destroy us. But may I say to you, there is no power that can come up against you without going through your Lord and your Savior, Jesus Christ, if you are sold out to him. You, they'll have to go through him to get to you. And remember. We are hid with Christ in God. You see the picture? We are hid with Christ. And Christ is in God. So they got to go through God the Father to get to us as well. So I don't know about you. But I am very... Uh, content to know that we are more than conquerors one with God is the majority one with God so if you know you're doing right don't change it and do wrong to be a part of the pack because if you are doing what God wants you to do You are the majority, no matter how many thousands of people are out there against you or going in the opposite direction. Let's look a little closer then. It goes on to say, I'm still in verse 1, who can how? Who can be against you? Someone look at Psalm one, one eight, verse beginning to read at verse six, and uh, Isaiah chapter. Someone else look at Isaiah chapter. Well, yes, Isaiah eight, verse ten, and I'll read. uh, Psalm eight. Psalm chapter. 118 118 beginning at verse 6 I am going to read Psalm 56 beginning at verse 9 and I'd like someone to read um, Isaiah chapter 8 verse 10 okay here we go Psalm chapter 56 verse 9 then mine enemies will Turn back when I call for help. By this I will know that God is for me. My enemies will turn back. In other words they may seem to be coming upon you to pounce on you. But if you are walking in the way of God. If you are serving him in spirit and in truth. When you cry out for help. They will turn back. In confusion. And then you will know. Only God. Could have done that. You know sometimes. We allow the doctors, the lawyers, the politician to get the glory because they're the people we run to when we're in trouble. Eh? Most of the time, even in sickness, but do we do we go to God first? And I'm not Putting doctors down, I'm going to doctor on Wednesday. But much prayer has gone into it. Okay? So I'm not putting doctors down. God give them the wisdom, right? And all wisdom comes from Him. If it's true wisdom. So it's okay. But sometimes we don't go to God until like the woman with the issue of blood, remember? She spent all she had. All. Then. She says. If I could only touch. The hand. Of his garment. Then I know my problems will be gone. She had no more money. But now she comes to the source. Of her help. And she. Was able to touch the hem and she was made whole. But maybe, just maybe, if she had gone to God first, she would have ended up with good health and some money. But she ended up with good health, but all her money was gone. You see what I'm saying? But again, God could have very well allowed this so that she will know. Your dependency should be on me and not on the physicians. Okay. Who has uh, Psalm 118 verse 6? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, verse 6. You want to read that? The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Again, when you're walking with him, in the way that he would have you to go, you will have the sense of security. Because your security isn't in the police or the commissioner of police or the alarm system in your property. If God, if the Lord is with me, I don't need to be afraid. In other words, if I am walking in the way that he would have me to go, I don't need to be afraid. Because he's going to take care of me. In other words, why should I worry about what mere man can do? When the God of the universe is in control. worry about. But we worry when we can't see clearly what's going to happen. But if you have what you want then you don't need faith. You agree with me? Remember Abraham? Abraham's faith was counted for righteousness. Not what he did. And we are going through the same situation. We, we find ourselves in this situation. And we worry and we worry. And we don't follow God's direction. So we become very frustrated. Okay. Who has Isaiah? Um, chapter 8 verse 10 counsel together and it shall come to naught and speak the word and it shall not stand for God is with us in other words whatever devices or strategy the enemy tries to use It's not going to work. Why? Because God is with you. I had someone came to me yesterday and was sharing some very discouraging situation. The same thing that happened to him seven years ago is repeating itself seven years later. Seven years ago, I took him under my wings. He came. At least he said he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. Came here to Calvary Bible Church for a while. He came to the center. And when the problem was resolved, his wife started coming. But then they forgot the ship that brought them in. I'm talking about God. It was God. And he decides to do his own thing And she went her own way And the very same thing that happened seven years ago Happened all over again Now they're in the same house and they're not speaking Why? Because they forgot God So he is frustrated now and I had nothing new to say to him. All I had, could do was remind him of who took care of the problem seven years ago. And he talks about how she is using Obey, had people come to use Obey, and how somebody tell him, go get some coarse salt and spread it around the property. And I say, Wow, wow, wow. I said, you're leaving the creator to use things the creator create? You got the opportunity to go to the creator. And you want to use something that the creator create? Why? Why settle for salt? If you had the creator where he should be, you wouldn't have wasted your money and bought the salt. But unfortunately, that's the kind of country we live in. People are like that. Let's let's move on. Oh, verse two. I don't look as if I'm going to get any further than verse two. But whenever I get back again, I'm going to continue with it. Verse two he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also along with him that is along with his son graciously give us all things in other words what in what would god withhold and, and i, I want to just ask you to think about this God, the God of the universe, God the Father sent his only son, his only son to die for you and for me and for whosoever will. And if he did that, what what will he withhold from you? I mean, this is his only son but he sent him to die in your place and in mine so think about it the things that keeps us going do you think he's gonna hold up from you as his child he says he will withhold no good thing from the world. He didn't say that. He says, he will withhold no good thing from them that walk uprightly. So you can't walk the way of the world and expect him to do what he will do for the one who is walking uprightly, or his children who is obedient to him. Let's look at some scriptures. Um, Malachi 3, beginning to read verse 7. Somebody find that for me, please. And Romans 8, verse 5. Someone finds Romans 8, verse 5. I'm sorry, Romans 5, verse 8. And I will read uh, Genesis chapter 22. Beginning. Five, three yes, ma'am, 5. So. 3 verse 7. Uh, yeah, uh, let, me, let me just. I am going to read Genesis 22, 13, beginning at verse 13. I may even go back. But Malachi 17, 3 verse 17, sorry. And, well, we all know John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So we don't need to read that. But, and even Romans 5, verse 8. We all know that, but I'd like somebody to read that. Let, let me go now to Genesis Uh, 22 and I want to look at at I'm going to go back uh, to Genesis 22 and I'll begin to look at verse uh, I'll I'll start from verse 1 here it says sometime later God tested Abraham and I, I I want us to remember these words. Sometime later, the word I want to remember you to remember is that God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, Abraham said, Here I am, he replied, God said, Take your son. Remember what God did now. God gave his only begotten son now he's testing Abraham and I, I I like to to make sure that we are on the same page I don't believe that God was testing the way we test to see what the person is going to do because seeing that he is God he knew what Abraham was going to do you agree with that but he wanted Abraham to play this out so that Abraham will be able to look back later on and we're going to see also God really looked at Abraham as one who will withhold nothing from God. Not even his son. But let's let's continue. He says, take your son, your only son, whom you love. And he's, you know, like somebody cuts you and then they take salt or pepper and throw it in the room. He didn't only say, go take your son. But he reminded him, whom you love. You know, he had Ishmael also. But Ishmael had already been sent away. So, and God had already said to him, you know, Ishmael isn't going to share the blessing of Isaac. So only Isaac, he had a son. So he says, take Isaac and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. On the mountain. I will show you. I love this. Abraham didn't sit around. And wait. For three months and say. Lord let me pray about this. The next morning. It says in verse 3. Early. The next morning. Abraham got up. Loaded his donkey. And he took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering. And he set out to the place God told him about. For three days they traveled. This was known the spur of the moment. Abraham had time to think about this for three days as they walk and he talked with his son they sat and eat he recognized that he was about to do something but verse 5 says he said to his servant stay here with the donkeys while I and the boy go over there we will worship and then we will come back to you. I don't know what was going through Abraham's mind, but I don't believe that he intentionally lied to his servant. He believed that even if he sacrificed his son, God was in some miraculous way was going to give him his son back, I believe. Now, I, 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 that's, that's my belief. That's not written in the Bible anywhere. So don't look for it because you're not going to find it. But here is faith being displayed. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the wood. Can you imagine? Maybe Abraham in the front with a knife and the fire. Isaac behind with a bundle of wood on his head. And somehow something happened. Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham. Abraham says, yes my son. Isaac Says the fire and the wood are here. In other words, we got the wood. I got I could feel the weight. I got it on my head. You got the knife, I could see that. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God Himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering my son and the two of them went together and when they reached the place that God had told them about Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood on it he bound Isaac laid him on the altar on top of the wood Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. Verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the the boy, he said. Do not, do not do anything to him. Here's what the angel is saying. Now I know that you are, you fear God. Abraham feared God and was prepared to do anything God said. He says, now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld From me, your only son. Why do you think um, God spoke to Abraham, telling him to go and do this? Then he sends an angel to stop him. I explained that before. I believe with all of my heart. God wasn't trying to determine what Abraham was going to do. Because if God is God, God know what Abraham was going to do. But he had to build the faith up in Abraham. If Abraham wasn't put to this test, he would not have known what God put in him. And you know, I don't want you to believe for a second that I believe that Abraham just conjured up all of this um, faith. This was given to him by God. Because without that, he would say, not my son. I can't do this to my son. But, I, think, uh, I think God sent the angel in case he had to physically stop him. Well, in case he didn't doubt it. And he said, if he just spoke to him, and said, okay, don't do it. But he doubted it. Doubted because in his own heart, he did not want to do this. I think he said, the angel in case he had to Physically be restrained. Okay. But that's fine. Okay, yeah, alright. But Abraham, uh, when the angel said that, he didn't just say that. We note that Abraham looked up and there in the ticket, right there somewhere, he saw a ram. God will provide. Hmm? Many of the uh, um, uh, manuscripts will probably not say the same thing. But the ram was caught by its horn. He went over, took the ram, and sacrificed it as the burnt offering instead of his son. You see how... And 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 he, I'm sure some of you have experienced it. I know I have. Sometimes God takes us right down to the wire before He does anything, and that's that's for our good. That's for our good, not for God. The only thing God does is get glory out of it when we are obedient to Him. I'm sorry our time is gone, but I'm really, I'm really, seriously, I'm really just getting, I, I, I anyway, we'll continue this in the will of the Lord another time. Shall we pray? Father, first of all, we, we want to thank you for the fact that we can say this morning that we are indeed more than conquerors. When we follow after you, when we are obedient to you, when we are willing to hear what you are saying to us and to be doers of your word and not just hearers. Lord, I commit each one under the sound of my voice to you today and ask that you in your grace and your mercy will cause that individual who might be Discourage right now to cast all of their cares upon you and commit their way to you so that you will be glorified. We give you thanks now in Jesus' name. Amen.